Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Hey, this is Sharks Across Hollywood, and this is the first episode of the new year, and we're celebrating season three of Cobra Kai coming out, and you'd think we'd be, like, doing, like, an episode of Cobra Kai, but no, we're going to do the first Karate Kid movie instead. Yeah, you'd think we'd do an episode of Cobra Kai because you've literally been talking for two-plus years now about doing a Cobra Kai episode breakdowns. <laughs> I know. Well, now you got rid of your Netflix, so that's that's going to be hard. I will have to get it back, though. I mean, I got to see <laughs> season three of Cobra Kai. I'll have to get it for at least one month. Or maybe I'll just have my kids log into their mom's Netflix account on my PlayStation. And oh, yeah. Just long enough for me to watch Cobra Kai. That's how you do it, man. Just sneak that shit in there. I forgot <laughs> we were actually doing the episode now, and I, I just kind of started drifting off there. And you wonder why nobody wants to pay us for this shit. So fucking Karate Kid. <laughs> I, forgot to, I forgot to look it up here. So this fucking movie came From 1984. Out, came out in 1984, directed by John G. Avildsen, who also directed Rocky, of course. I've only seen five of his movies. All Rocky or Karate Kid based? Yeah, it was. I've seen Rocky, I've seen Rocky 5, and then all three of the Karate Kid movies. He did all three of them. He did. He did. Do you notice how he has a has a real big slump towards the end of the series? I'm seeing how there, there is a notable drop off. So Robert Mark Kamen, though, he's the guy who wrote it, and he made up all that shit. Like, somebody asked him, or I'm sure a lot of people have asked him, like, where did you have a sensei that did, like, the wax off, wax on thing, whatever? And apparently he just made that shit up, so it's all bullshit. <laughs> It worked. He has written so many fucking movies. It's kind of crazy. Hit me with some of them. So he did the screenplay for Lethal Weapon 3, The Fifth Element, Kiss of the Dragon, The Transporter, Banditas, Taken. I don't know what Banditas is. Uh, it's it's a movie with a bunch of hot chicks in it. Oh, is that is that the one with, with Salma Hayek in it? Yes, that one. Salma okay, Hayek and Penelope, I, Penelope Cruz, yes. Okay, I've seen the cover of it. I, I haven't actually seen it. He wrote the script. Down, I would be down to watch it if you ever want to do an episode. Uh, pretty much anything with Salma Hayek in it. Well, yeah, I, yeah I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> uh, he wrote Columbiana. Oh, really? Yeah, and Angel Has Fallen. But apparently uh, it's on, I'm, I don't know how I feel about this, but on his IMDb and the upcoming projects, it says, Bloodsport screenplay so they've been flirting with doing a Bloodsport reboot for a few years now and apparently he is attached to write it right now so that's a thing he seems to um oh no maybe I'm no I, I'm I'm mixing up him and John Avildsen about uh doing sequels I was gonna say he seems to be doing a lot of sequels to other people's properties but then I'm like oh no maybe he only did like one or two now Avildsen yeah he uh this fucking guy his his stuff is kind of all over the place it's like a lot of dramas and then some random comedies thrown in there what are some of his comedies this movie called four keeps from 1988 with molly ringwald and it's it's a comedy drama but it's you know i've heard of it but yeah it it i i distinctly remember it giving off dramedy vibes neighbors with dan Aykroyd and john belushi oh my god that one wow <laughs> that is the low point in both of their careers i oh, think was it that bad they cast belushi as the straight man i mean i i don't know may, maybe like maybe he was really trying to do you know play against type but yeah like having belushi as the straight man 
man seems like a waste of Belushi. <laughs> yeah, that seems very weird. But they're both dead, so it doesn't matter. Aykroyd's not dead. I wasn't talking about Aykroyd. I was talking about Avildsen. He died a few years ago. Quality of his work might be, but... Well, uh, well the quality of his brain is, too. Have you heard fucking Dan Aykroyd give any interview ever? No. It's <laughs> it's all about aliens. The dude is insane. <laughs> Hence the Crystal Skull Vodka. Yeah, exactly. That dude is out of his fucking mind. Like, on last podcast on the left, they did an interview with him, and it was all... Obviously, that show is, you know, about that kind of stuff, but wow, I wasn't expecting him to be so insane. <laughs> I thought it was just, like, fun for him, but no, he's... Oh, so he's, he's sold, huh? Yeah. He is in it. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> disturbing, actually. So, right at the top here, I'm going to have to tell all you guys to strap in, because this is probably going to be a long one, because I don't know about you, but this is one of my favorite movies. It's, you know... It's really that good. I, <laughs> I, I saw it when I was a kid. I saw it at least twice. But it was not the one I watched over and over again. Karate Kid the 2, right? I watched... Exactly. Mm-hmm. Karate Kid 2 was the one I watched over and over again, because I had a copy taped off of HBO. I didn't have a copy of the Karate Kid taped off of HBO. So, consequently, I I watched Karate Kid 2 over and over again. That's my movie. And what I remember of Karate Kid 1 is almost exclusively what's in the opening segment <laughs> of Karate Kid 2. That's awesome. Like, for example, when they go out to the ocean, I always forget that those two drunk dudes accost them at, when they get back to the truck. I always forget about that. My memory ends with him talking to Mr. Miyagi about the crane technique. Oh, really? That's because, right. Yeah, because it's just like a montage of... Yeah, because that's all they show at the beginning of Karate Kid 2. And then they almost do that exact same thing at the beginning of Karate Kid 3, too. It's weird. I've only seen Karate Kid 3 one time. Oh, you are in for a fucking treat because that movie's shitty. <laughs> but it is that fun kind of shitty because the bad guys are so over the top. And Daniel is the biggest dick in that movie. He's such a whiny little shithead. He's kind of a whiny little shithead in this movie. I'll say that the one pervade thought that I had, or excuse me, the one recurring thought that I had while watching this movie was, teenagers suck. Yeah, they do. He is a whiny shithead in this movie. (laughs) Up until like that point where I think was it right after like Mr. Miyagi, he had that drunk thing and then it kind of got to, it got into Daniel's head and he's like, you know, we got, I gotta like work harder and do something and then you see him training by himself and then that, that's kind of the the turning point where he's less of a shithead and now he's taking everything more seriously now. Active word being less of well yeah he's still whining in the fucking tournament when he's come in second place and he's like yeah what they're gonna know that i sent a message that i could take a beating like fuck you you whiny little shit you don't even deserve to be here he doesn't i'm sorry <laughs> i've seen kids i've seen kids do martial arts you don't learn in two months what to to be able to compete on the level with black belts come on but it's fun it is fun i'm not gonna deny that it's fun it's stop fun. stop doing that you did you did that with jack for at least this movie's kind of this movie kind of takes place in like mostly real world it does it, it does it like yeah like it's i understand that you have to sort of suspend disbelief on that part of it but you know like like martial arts really is I, like i don't believe in martial arts the way we used to in the 80s obviously you know where you're just a believed. magic you're a magic ninja the second you learn how to fucking kick yeah like we all believe <laughs> mr miyagi had magic powers and shit and he could just you know rub his hands together and slap your muscles and boom 
boom, you're healed. You know, like that shit made sense to us when we were that age. So there's a suspension of disbelief that has to take place. I get that. But at the same time, you know, like I've seen what martial arts can do for a kid. My son's been taking martial arts for, I think, about six or seven years now. And it's turned him from like a wobbly little kid, you know, that he basically Ralph Macchio in this movie into, you know, like a, a strong, stable figure. You know, like when he first started out, he could barely stand up without falling over sometimes it seemed. And now, you know, he gets out there, he's smooth, he's fluid, he's agile. You know, I, I, I told him one time when I was watching him, and this was only after he'd been doing it for like a year or two, he he, he was doing one of his uh, one of his training routines. And I was like, you know, when you get into high school, if you ever hit the dance floor and you don't know any moves, you could always just do that. That looked really good. He's like, God, dad, leave me alone. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's like he I'm never, jerking off, but I'm not. He never says it out loud, <laughs> but you know, he's thinking it. You, I, I know the teenage eye roll. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> again, it's another thing. Even if you don't see it, it's, it's probably there. Yeah, probably. Suspension of disbelief. Yes. You got to. Yes. Kind of. Yes. All right. That That's fair. It's fair. You it's need- grounded in reality. Mostly. It is rocky for kids. I think well, I have, I've said this before. I've told this story. Uh, when I listened to the commentary track, they were, it had Ralph Macchio and John Avildsen, and I think Robert Mark Kamen was on it. And that scene where Daniel is doing kicks against the waves in the ocean, <laughs> somebody asked him, hey, how is it? And he's like, it's a bit rocky. And then apparently somebody said, yeah, that's what a lot of people are saying about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> because it is it is yeah for sure it's it's rocky light although i will say uh, my kids prefer rocky they will watch rocky with me well specifically my youngest will watch rocky with me and he will not watch the karate kid with me tell him to fuck off tell him to get his shit together and just watch both of them see like that's that's my thought it's like well what's wrong don't get me wrong rocky's great but why can't we watch karate kid also i almost said two but you know then then i just want to watch karate kid two instead of karate kid one because oh, that's my movie i thought you were going to criticize our listeners for being stupid no i'm not going to criticize me for uh <laughs> rather watching karate kid 2 than karate kid 1 but again like i said that's my movie that's my nostalgia trip you know what i so similar similar to me my grandpa had made a tape on hbo with karate kid 2 on it it probably had other stuff on it that i don't remember but i watched karate kid 2 a lot i should qualify that by saying i don't know if it's a good one but it's a good one in my heart it's it a might good be one. a piece of shit it's I not don't know. it's a pretty good movie <laughs> it, it continues the story nicely and then you get to the third one and you're like wait why why are we still doing this if i recall correctly they kind of write ally out unceremoniously uh yeah elizabeth she was just probably like i don't want to fucking do a sequel to this piece of shit i don't want to do it <laughs> she was on to bigger and better Better adventures in babysitting at that point. You know, that might have been her next movie even. I don't, I don't know. She was definitely older in Adventures in Babysitting because in this movie, when she comes on screen, that that beach scene, all I could think was, oh my God, I used to think she was so hot and now she looks like a child to me. I thought, I thought, I'm like, God, she's she's so cute. Like she's just fucking adorable, but also very young. But I think she was also like 20 when she was in that movie. So it's okay. Yeah. She looks like she's like 15 and Ralph Macchio looks like he's like 13. Yeah. He, he's one of the oldest. He's the oldest person in the movie, like doing the karate and stuff i think he was older than everybody really yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> he just was, has always looked like a little kid. And he still does. It's fucking nuts. He does. He does. He looks insanely young for his age. He's four years older than Johnny, than William Zabka. <laughs> wow. He looks so much younger. <laughs> I believe William Zabka is an 18-year-old. I do not believe Ralph Macchio is an 18-year-old in this movie. No, and then take a look at like Cobra Kai. Those kids are supposed to be the same age as Daniel, but I can't really. Maybe I think I'm just old and I've accepted Karate Kid as it just is. You know, I don't know. Age is a weird thing for me. It kind of freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Age is bizarre, especially because Hollywood keeps fucking with us on age. They keep casting 30-year-olds as 17-year-olds. Well, yeah, growing up watching Power Rangers and like the one who looked the oldest on that team was the youngest. What did I watch with my kids the other day? I just watched a movie about teenagers. Any movie about teenagers, except for now. They're, they've started to kind of cast. They've gotten better at casting like either age appropriate or at least people that kind of that really look the part. No, yeah, this one was really bad. Like the teenagers <laughs> all looked like they were in their 40s. And my daughter just commented, she's like, Jesus Christ, are these... <laughs> Guys all on pensions? Is that why they're getting out of high school to do this? Never back down. Fired up is a is a real big perpetrator of that one. Those guys are fucking 30 and they're playing high schoolers. <laughs> I wish I could remember what movie it was, but it's escaping me. There's a legacy actor in this movie. I call it a legacy because his dad was super famous and super dead by the time this movie came out, but still. The character of Dutch, do you know which one Dutch is? He's the Cobra Kai guy with the blonde hair and the one who always has the crazy eyes. Oh, the one I kept thinking of is that bleach blonde bastard <laughs> yeah that one the one who calls daniel danielle and shit and yeah and he's like come on come on in the training in, yes. or in the locker room yes that yeah. idiot his name is chad mcqueen and he's the son of steve mcqueen no shit yeah isn't that weird he does have a striking look i'll say that i'll say that like he he stands out and he was the only one of those guys that didn't fucking show up for cobra kai because he just didn't feel like it well yeah i mean but then you have two just, you have the you have the two very recognizable guys the guy who played bobby and then the uh the the body bag guy yeah i can never remember either of their names but yeah they're very recognizable and then the other guy, like, I'm like, is that, is that fucking Dutch? Is that the blonde guy? It's like, no. You see this guy for like three seconds, like leaning over Johnny's bike at school. And Seriously? that's the other guy. I'm sure he's in there more, but that's <laughs> the only place that I actually notice him. Didn't say a fucking word the entire movie. Just kind of hovered around everybody. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can understand why they, why that guy didn't want to come back. I mean, if he's getting Steve McQueen's royalty checks. Why he does he need it? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas... Whereas the rest of these guys probably didn't have a lot of points on the Karate Kid. They may get a, you know, they probably get a royalty check every now and then, but it's not like Billy Zabka's career has been booming since Karate Kid. No, not really, but he's, he was in a few movies, surprisingly. Mostly mostly martial arts and crappy action movies, of course, but that's something. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, he moves. That, that was the other thing I noticed is, as opposed to Daniel LaRusso, Johnny moves like he does martial arts. Like, I'm convinced when he when he does a move. Yeah, and that guy, the guy who, uh, the referee for their match at the end, he was actually the fight coordinator and karate teacher for everybody. Oh. And we'll, yeah, that, we'll have to talk about him because he's fucking cool. Good little cameo for him. Is is he like a, uh, what, do you, what do you call him? Badass? Well, I guess what I was going <laughs> to say is he is he like an icon of the behind the scenes martial arts movie industry. Well, fuck it. Let's talk about him now. His name is Pat E. Johnson and he's still alive, which is nice. Glad to hear it. 
Good on you, Pat E. Johnson, for surviving. Stunts. So he did some stunt stuff, action sequence, supervisor, stunt coordinator, that kind of stuff. For Punisher Warzone, what the fuck? That movie's awful, but I kind of like it. I still have yet to see it, although I own it, as I've said before. Fight choreographer and stunt coordinator for Mortal Kombat Annihilation and stunt coordinator for Batman and Robin. (laughs) Oh my god, this fucking guy... Wow. Okay. Alrighty. He's all over the damn place. He did stunts in Enter the Dragon. He did stunts in What? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Stunts <laughs> he was in Enter the Dragon. He he did he was in Good Guys Wear Black. Battle Creek Brawl with Jackie Chan. <laughs> Uh, wow. Obviously, The Karate Kid 2, The Karate Kid 3, T- Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles 2, Showdown in Little Tokyo, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Ninja Turtles 3, The Next Karate Kid. Now we're back up to Mortal Kombat and Wild Wild West. Seriously. Shall we set the scene of driving all the way from fucking New Jersey to Los Angeles or wherever I, the fuck they're going? California. I'm going to go a little earlier on. Before they even leave New Jersey, Daniel utters the first lines of the movie. He says, don't worry, I'll be back soon. Soon. Fucking liar. <laughs> yeah, as far as I know, he never comes back. Fucking liar. You lying piece of shit, Daniel LaRusso. At least not in the not in the series, because all th- of the first three movies take place over the course of a year. And then here we are, 30 years later, 40 years later. What is you know, 35 years later, he's still in fucking Reseda. He might have gone back to visit. If I think he did, it was just to see family. Judy is probably long married by now. Who's Judy? Judy is his New Jersey girlfriend. So I'm I'm seeing big hair and acid wash jeans <laughs> and cobalt blue eyeshadow you do see her like i assume it's her because he says bye judy because she's there and i assume it's it's that brunette chick that's kind of standing by the car with her arms crossed or whatever and then well she can't be blonde because they have that whole conversation they have that yeah blondes. it's like the whole world turned blonde they're going from jersey to california that is a long fucking drive in a super shitty station wagon that doesn't want to start half the time and they have to like push it and pop you know, the clutch or whatever <laughs> As a man who grew up in a broke family and specifically was a teenager in a broke family and spent a lot of time popping the clutch on the family station wagon, the way they get that started with her in the driver's seat and him pushing, that all makes perfect sense. That hit very close to home for me. But she pops the clutch and then lets the car roll and is like, get in, get in, get in. Rather, or no, excuse me. She doesn't pop the clutch. He gets it going and she's like, get in, get in, get in. Then he gets in. (laughs) Then she pops the clutch and they drive away without stopping that's such a mom way to approach that because you can <laughs> pop the clutch start the car and then stop it but she doesn't do that she's she in a has rush, him man. run to catch the car <laughs> then she pops the clutch it's more exciting that way so it's like it's like one it's making him work way harder but two it's also she wants to make sure he's safe in the car before they get going it's like such a fucking mom <laughs> way to do that because i tell you if it was yeah. my dad doing that yeah he'd pop the clutch and then drive off 40 feet and stop and wait for us to catch up and then when we got there he'd drive another 20 feet you're like what's what's wrong you don't want to come so this movie has the typical setup uh it's one of the earliest movies that i actually know of that has this thing where it's the fish out of water and good old fish out of water one of the parents is like let's fucking move your dad's dead by the way which we don't actually learn until the second movie that his dad died oh so it was maybe like they they weren't they didn't want to fully commit to the divorce thing they were like well let's just not say what happened to dad yeah no he's just like oh i I don't have a dad because you can't have a mr miyagi if you have a dad you can't have both of those figures in the same movie you cannot you cannot but 
you know, Daniel's mom is very excited. And that's the way it always is. The parents are always like, fuck yeah. And the kids are always like, fuck this. <laughs> Daniel is particularly fuck this. Well, yeah. And I don't blame him moving all the way across the country. So his mom can get a job in computers. And guess what? Surprise, surprise. That company doesn't exist. She's immediately working at a restaurant. Yeah. But they're going to train her as a manager. Oh, boy. She's so <laughs> upbeat. I know. Oh, it's fucking. A- it's annoying single moms man just trying to make it work she's trying like, to i'm gonna go to california i'm gonna get i'm gonna get i'm gonna get fucked by some fucking surfer guy trying to fake it till they make it this is where we meet freddie who doesn't really isn't really that goddamn important in the movie as a whole but he gets daniel involved in shit now the yeah, first his, thing <laughs> his contribution is hey want to come to the beach tomorrow that's it yeah end of freddie's point in the movie he also has a really cool shirt on tell me tell <laughs> See, me you i don't, didn't even notice it is two pigs fucking and it says as making bacon <laughs> i did not spot that <laughs> yeah it's it's the best but you know we meet him after daniel kicks the fucking gate down like like a kid he's pushing his bike and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna be a ninja hiya and then he kicks the fucking gate and freddie gets hit in the face <laughs> which is a perfect meat cute for a bromance yeah yet and then come on but then they're just like oh you you tried to fight a guy and got your ass kicked what a loser yeah like freddie just immediately rolls on him it's just like <laughs> fuck you freddie we Piece also yeah yeah i know and we'll we'll get to that scene don't worry we also meet this old lady who doesn't appear anywhere else in the movie either, but I just think it's notable that she's played by Frances Bay, who is Happy Gilmore's grandma. Yes, she is. And I, I wrote that in all caps, underlined with exclamation points. Happy Gilmore's grandma! And that's the end of her. Well, kind of. Yep, yeah, she's she's there for an additional 14 seconds. Uh, in, in That includes the time when Daniel is walking on screen and nearing her, and after she's delivered her line and he walks off screen away from her so their faucet's broken so we we meet mr miyagi now like it's a it's it's a pretty quick succession of events it's succession is that the fucking right word i don't know yeah okay good i'm smart look at me go they get there we meet freddy we meet the old lady and her dog the sink's broken gotta go find mr miyagi and mr miyagi's doing that thing where with the chopsticks we don't know what the fuck he's doing really yet because he's just kind of figure it out later yes and then daniel's like hey man uh he tries to walk in and he's such pat marita is I want a wise mentor person. We all did after we saw this movie. All of us middle class white kids, all we <laughs> wanted was a Mr. Miyagi in our lives. Mr. Miyagi, played by Pat Morita. It's it, the most fucking inspired bit of casting like ever. That's one thing that Avildsen just does well. All of his movies are yeah. cast so great. And do you know who their first choice was to play Mr. Miyagi? Oh God, um, Mickey Rooney. I fucking wish. Oh my God. <laughs> Tashira Mifune was... Oh my yeah. god, that would have been amazing. And way different from what I from yes, what I gather. It, I, yeah, I mean Mifune's got a whole different vibe. But, yeah. But he would have been awesome. Oh my god. That I want to step into a parallel universe and see that version of the karate kid for sure. Oh, it's gotta exist somewhere, right? And the Mickey Rooney one too. <laughs> I want to see that just for the horror factor. <laughs> but Daniel kind of opens the door to to Mr. Miyagi's little shop and he's like, oh shit, because, you know, Miyagi doesn't say a goddamn word to him really. And he's like, hey, you going to fix the faucet? He's like, yeah, I'm going to go away. <laughs> he's like, no. Uh, so when are you going to, when are you going to fix the faucet? After. After what? After, after. <laughs> Best little line <laughs> of dialogue. Just such a great introduction to a character and he seems like such a prick and it's it's fantastic and then right after that we're at the fucking beach party jesus yeah this i didn't realize how fucking quick everything flew at you california beach party and Allie is cute as fuck she is she's very she is. she's very cute uh for a child 
Yeah. And then I wrote... For a 15-year-old child. She's 21 in real life. She still looks 15. (laughs) It's weird. And then I wrote, peer pressure always ends badly, doesn't it? So let's let's set the scene here. He gets invited to to this party by Freddy with the Macon Bacon shirt, which I really should find because I want one. Him and Allie have been making eyes at each other the whole time, and him and his friends are playing soccer. Playing soccer on the beach? Where's fucking volleyball? Whatever. So the peer pressure comes in when everybody's like, hey man, you should go talk to her. You you guys have been fucking eye-fucking each other all night. Let's just, just go over there because, you know, the fun has died down. Well, not the fun, I guess, but the soccer. Nobody's playing soccer anymore. They're both hanging out at two separate little campfires. It's kind of weird. Exactly. They're not expending testosterone on the soccer pitch. Therefore, it's time to expend testosterone <laughs> going after the ladies. Uh, Yeah, and then they're like, well, you must not got any moves because that's what guys did back then. And then Freddy fucking kicks the ball right into Allie's stereo or whatever and it's just kind of like in the middle of this group of girls Allie grabs it to take it back because she sees daniel making her way over and she's like Mm-mm, i need me some of that nerd dick <laughs> yeah i know she's like way he, he's reaching hard for that one yeah yeah she is unrealistically interested in him <laughs> like, yeah and they're 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 flirting and he's teaching her how to do the juggle thing with the soccer ball on her knee and it's all it's all cute and then so cobra kai shows up cobra kai they're they're the big bad guy in the movie right clearly you've seen this movie if you're listening to us talk about it right now but i'm pretending you don't know fucking anything these guys are the biggest douchebags on the fucking planet wow and (laughs) it's like bro douche party three the beachening yeah i do love their little back and forth though and he's like oh you're the ace degenerate it's like no ex degenerate man blah 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 i'm a senior and then he's like it looks like everybody's trying something new johnny take a right check it out that's what he says when he wants when he wants johnny (laughs) to look at ali and daniel off in the distance he says take a right check it out you know i will say this watching that first confrontation in a post cobra kai world it's a very new experience you know you kind of see it with different eyes johnny is definitely a douche there's no question about that okay i know where you're going with this and we do need to we we need to talk about that but i kind of feel like you know like they open with that thing about him saying no x degenerate right like he he's been a dick and he kind of feels like this is going to be his year and he's going to stop being he's going to stop being a piece of shit and he's going to get his shit together he's going to make his future happen but then his thing for ali gets the be- you know his dick side comes out again you know and and it's like you see him as at, at least i personally and i'm sure i'm sure you share at least some of this I, he's a dick there's no question about that but at the same time he's such a product of bad influences you know that like yeah he's a dick i'll you know we can definitely hold that against him but at the same time like look at what he was going up against well no i mean we meet the real bad guy a little later for sure yeah <laughs> as soon as you meet crease it's like as an adult looking at it it makes so much sense why johnny is the way he is you know if crease is his is his model of masculinity it's like oh yeah no story checks out yeah he's a that's the johnny really didn't have much of a chance yeah from that perspective johnny is definitely he's the he's less a bad guy he's more just the antagonist in the movie so like he's obviously not the good guy daniel's definitely the good guy it's not his fucking fault that him and Allie were talking it's not daniel's fault that johnny's such a possessive prick yeah daniel wasn't doing anything wrong no and i and and i'll tell you what i grew up as that daniel larusso kid (laughs) 
without the karate you know the guy who just gets shit on by other dudes i grew up as that kid and it sucks it's a world of terror you like you constantly feel like you're being hunted at all times <laughs> you do that where where you see that guy over there you just turn around and walk the other way and and that's not even taking into consideration what some people have to go through you know with like certain levels of uh, adolescent violence and stuff like that like i worst that ever happened to me was i maybe got slugged in the shoulder once you know like that's as far as it ever went and still you know like just the threatening and the demeaning and the you know the petty jabs and shit like that like it it gets under your skin so i get where daniel's coming from for sure and then he gets his ass kicked because because he swung on him and that's the part that bugs me about freddie and his friends it's like daniel he's trying to he's trying to be the good be the good guy and be like hey well here why are you why are you being such a prick this is her radio you know it's not and then of course johnny johnny beats the shit out of him a little bit knocks him down and then daniel gets one good sucker punch on him and then it just ends up kind of pissing johnny off i'll tell you what that is where i think this movie gets it wrong because when i was a kid i believed the karate kid you know idea of the way young boys are when you know teenage boys but that's the one area where they really fucked it up and it's that if you stand up to the bully your friends will respect you even if you get your ass yeah exactly i'm like why are they like oh he's so cool he's not cool because he fucking got got his ass kicked by the toughest fucking guy in school (laughs) yeah it's like hello he stood up to the toughest fucking guy in school yeah he's now the hero of that entire peer group yeah it's like it doesn't matter that you lost it's like you you were a badass you you kept getting getting knocked out but you kept getting back up so it's awesome exactly like you didn't let him he didn't let him get him down and that was what i found out the one time some guys actually did come after me and i stood up to him and i didn't let him back me down and i was scared shitless and by <laughs> all hollywood units of measure i lost you know i lost the fight even though it was you know it was barely a fight but even even still i was definitely the, the guy who came out on the bottom of that but my friends were still like dude way to go man you didn't let him you didn't let him cow you you didn't back down you didn't you didn't give up like that was awesome it's almost like you never back down right (laughs) oh i backed down plenty in my life believe me just not that time just in that one specific time yeah i had one shining moment of glory daniel's kind of wallowing in his pity at the end of the at the end of the scene and Allie's like you okay he's like get the fuck away from me which i would have been like no i'm not okay mouth to mouth please but His dignity got hurt more than his body did, I think. Indeed, indeed. A little bit of a little bit of broken pride goes a long way. Yeah, you know, it's it's no fun getting your ass kicked in front of the girl that you have a crush on, even if that crush is only forty five minutes old. They they literally just met. I guess it turns out that that's like the day before school starts. Johnny so. says, "Starting tomorrow, I'm a senior." We're gonna skip. Should we skip over the part with his mom? Let me see your baby Browns. I'm not on any drugs, mom. I'm on Minute Maid. I gotta go. That's the whole scene for you. <laughs> is that what he said? Minute Maid. Yeah. It was apparently he did not enjoy saying that it was a product placement moment and he he didn't he did he wasn't into it. So he's riding his bike to school, which I'm like, fuck, did he just have real good? They didn't have Google Maps. How the fuck did he find that place? Probably with Hollywood magic. That'd be my guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that stuff. I forget. But, you know, I really now the song that's playing is called Cruel Summer, right? And now the song is fine. That's song of the movie. <laughs> You're, you're you're half right, but you know why I like the song so much? Huh. Because it's by a band called Bananarama. That's right. It is a Bananarama song, isn't it? And and I just love their fucking name. It's a great name. And he's on the soccer team, and Allie's a cheerleader. Of course Allie's a fucking cheerleader, because duh. And also, I hate Look Allie's- Look at her, for God's sake. I hate Allie's friends. They're the fucking oh, worst. They, they only have one redeeming moment, and that's when her friend is, like, telling him about how she punched Johnny. Yeah, that is it's like, it. And yeah, she's still is, a bitch. Yeah. Oh, no, she's absolutely- 
absolutely a bitch, but oh man, like at least she delivers the message that Daniel needed to hear. Which, like, why didn't you guys just lead with that? Like, come on, like, it, no, <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. Daniel is totally being a dick in that scene. Oh no, he's one hundred percent. Like, obviously, he didn't see the end, but he was also. We'll get to that scene because I have problems with it this time around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see how you would. All right, let's let's plow through the cruel yes. summer. Him and Allie finally like exchange names, and then we get that cute moment. She's like Allie with an I, and he's like Daniel with an L, which was also an improv. And then of course the Cobra Kai's get him kicked off the team by fucking goading him into a fight, pretty much. But Bobby trips him. Bobby's the guy with the bad attitude. <laughs> on Cobra Kai like there's no there's nothing level-headed about this guy you have Dutch who's out of his fucking mind but then you have this guy who's calm and mellow and kind of nice until you piss him off and he like starts freaking out which one was the I'm sorry Daniel guy that that's Bobby so like he was he was kind of a dick but then in that in that final moment he has he you know like the fact that he apologizes for what he does kind of tells you there's a more complex character underneath all that yeah and we actually get a little bit of that in Cobra Kai I gotta say that um I think I don't know who was responsible for it, whether it was the director or the actors or the writer or a combination of, you know, some combination of them. The inner life of what was going on with these characters was very interesting to watch as an adult, because like there's that conflict moment between Johnny and Crease when in the sweep the leg scene where you get to see Johnny's Johnny knows what Crease is telling him to do is wrong. But at the same time, he's got this this indoctrinated side of the Cobra Kai. Yeah, you know? and that's his dad right there, pretty much. That That's the only father. We learn later, like 30 years later, that that's the only father he really ever had. Yeah, but it, it comes across in that scene. Yeah. You yeah. know, of like this kid who doesn't want to let his dad down, you know, for all intents and purposes, his dad, but doesn't believe that what his dad is saying to do is right, but also has been trained not to question him. Right. You like, know, you, so it, yeah. th- there's a lot of complex, I, I and I got to give credit to William Zabka for delivering it with just a look, you know, because that's all he has to work with he he just has his yes sensei and 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 the way he looks at crease and it's so good like he really delivers in that scene you know again with like with a lot of the a lot of the small character quirks like for example what what was that that other character's name dutch you said the the yeah the crazy one blonde bastard (laughs) yeah yeah like he does not have that level of you know that level of uh uh, subtlety and conflict in him but at the same time he's written that way yeah so he would he would stab you if if just because yeah he he's definitely a guy who's in jail at this point which in 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 cobra kai he is in jail oh is he yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it's true yeah that's that's how they wrote him off like yeah story checks out good catch on that one so the next scene after all that crazy shit happens we we get the first like not the first i guess another interaction between miyagi and daniel when daniel's like doing these kicks learning karate from a book and miyagi finally who knows how many goddamn days later by the way (laughs) uh, (laughs) comes to finally fix the faucet and he's like oh you learn the karate yeah you learn from book he's like yeah and a couple and a couple classes at the y where i used to live he's like oh okay so what happened to your eye he's like oh i fell off my bike because that's that that would happen he's like oh lucky you didn't hurt your hand i'm probably going to impersonate mr miyagi later but um well you're trying so hard not to i can tell <laughs> i am i am i'm, I'm trying real hard <laughs> 
But you can tell Mr. Miyagi. Your guilt is just eating you up, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is, goddammit. But you can tell Mr. Miyagi has Daniel's number, like, right away. He knows exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. Like, no, you, no ju- it was just a look. Like, you just, you could just see it. He absolutely deserved the Oscar. Can you, can you imagine my fucking shock the first time I heard him talk for real? Oh, yeah, because he doesn't talk like that at all. No, and it seems so natural. Yeah. Like, wow. And he's a, and he's a fucking comedian. He was on Happy Days. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He was on happy. I knew he was on something else that was big and I couldn't remember what it was. Happy days. That was it. There's another Daniel and Allie scene. Blah, we, we, we know how this is going to go. I got to say that is definitely the most boring part of this movie. Oh is yeah. The Daniel and Allie relationship is adorable as Elizabeth Shue is and as well done as it is. And I will say it's well done because it's very true to life with the awkwardness. It's not true to life in the fact that Allie is way out of his league, but it is true to life with the rest of it. You know, it's like if, you can look past that the rest of it's pretty true to life but it's like who cares the relationship between him and mr miyagi is so much more interesting you don't need that romantic subplot even though you know it was it was the 80s yeah you had to have a romantic subplot so now daniel decides he well he goes he goes to like to his mom's restaurant where she works now and she's like i could never could have made this much working in computers Ah, so we know you know it's all bullshit yeah yeah nobody ever made any money in computers that's the truth 1984 especially not getting in in 1980 <laughs> yeah, no, no way shit. you could have made money on that one either way she's being trained she's going to be trained for management and she's like benefits they pay for everything and i guarantee you 10 years from then from then if it wasn't for cobra kai telling us otherwise i would be convinced uh she went out with a gun in her mouth <laughs> because of the uh she realized she missed out on the, on the pc boom cobra kai happens to be across the street from this restaurant daniel goes to check it out and you know this is where we get we get a get a hint of the John Kreese thing and you know we we hear him in his really authoritative strike first strike hard no mercy you know we don't train to be merciful here mercy is for the weak all that shit he's barely in the movie but he is he's such a powerful character like such an intimidating and Martin Cove man hats off he he just delivers on he delivers on that character who's ba- you know I mean he's basically p- playing a drill sergeant but you know it's like uh Arlie Ermy being the most rem- <laughs> memorable part of Full Metal jacket you know like that's that's martin cove in, in this movie i'm not gonna say he's the most memorable but he's such a memorable character i mean nobody yeah. can hold a candle to miyagi just you know in terms of characters in a movie no. but but yeah great villain great villain and of course we see that johnny's in the class so daniel can't fucking join that class and that nope. fuck you look johnny gives him at- <laughs> just mwah, priceless yes and then a little bit of attempted murder that's right that's right hey here's your first lesson how to take a fall yeah they push him down a mountain or down a mountain a hill i guess on his bike it is a steep hill it's a very steep hill and he maybe could have sort of probably died if that had gone a little differently <laughs> I feel like they, um, now is it just me or did they, they just do some masterful cutting to make it look like Ralph Macchio actually took that fall. Yeah. There's no way in hell he actually took that fall. So it is cut because I, the way they, like the way I'm remembering it, there's not a cut. So, uh, kudos to the editing department on that one. Or maybe they were just sick of his shit. Maybe he had a bad attitude. They're like, (laughs) fuck this kid. Let's throw him down the mountain, throw him down the hill. Ralph, come (laughs) on. You can do this. It's easy. It's just, it's grass. Come on, kid. And then they just kick him. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
because sometimes he actually seems like a really nice dude so it's kind of he does so you know he he freaks out he throws his bike in the trash can and mom's like what why are you throwing your bike away and he's like because i don't want to fucking ah. and then they have the this place sucks conversation you always have to have this where the parent finally realizes like yeah you're right it wasn't fair of me to to drag you out here without asking how you felt about it which is true parents don't uproot your children in mid high school that sucks i will say this i don't entirely agree with that i i do think you need to talk to your kids you definitely need to talk to your kids at the same time i think it's a bad precedent to be asking your kids for permission he didn't say ask me for permission he said asking how i felt about it yeah that's what he said i agree but i think we both know that in this particular case anyway what he was saying was ask my permission well he is the man of the house god damn it well that's true yeah that's true she is a woman and therefore needs to be subservient to him uh, yeah i don't know it's in the it, it's in the bible that's what they tell me that is what i tell everybody and everybody's like no it's not well you know it's fucking in there so. <laughs> sorry we before we started talking mad shit we were talking about something weren't we so things like this in movies is so weird to me like he peeks his head out because he obviously hears them uh, he peeks his head out and just kind of and he gives a nod to himself like who the fuck are you nodding to you weirdo you know what that gets more <laughs> relatable every year i find myself <laughs> affirming to me alone with no one else around all the time Ooh, strange teenage boy i'm going to fix his bike i'm going to make him love me but really mr miyagi just wants to do something nice why this specific child why this boy why this kid i don't know but whatever i think there's an implication about him regretting not having had a son oh yeah there's definitely that well and and, and not just because his son his son died during childbirth but also because you know there's the whole thing about uh, about the the lessons his father passed on to him you know and so then with his relationship with daniel you get the feeling that he like for example the way he trains daniel you could only ever train one person that way you can't have a like that's the trouble <laughs> with the setup of cobra kai yeah it's a little you can't have 12 kids all painting the fence or they're not going to get the lesson you can't have 12 kids sanding the walkway or they're not all going to get the lesson you know like that that was something that was meant to be done with a son you know it, it's a once in a lifetime thing so yeah like I, I feel like that's sort of what happened is Miyagi sees this kid the kid he's having trouble doesn't have a dad Miyagi's old world you know like he's he's old school he's new world but old school you know so um so he's got that he's got that old world thing of wanting to pass the thing on to your son but he's also got that new world thing of needing to adapt it and you know meet the kids where they're at so he's hip but he's square at the same time like Huey Lewis said. Is he going to get an axe in the head though? No, no. That comes in uh, part five. Oh, okay, cool. The un- the unmade karate kid. Well, technically part six. American karate kid. Part six because we had three karate kid movies and then the next karate kid and then the remake. So that's five. I don't count the remake because part five because it didn't have Mr. Miyagi in it. But it had Mr. Han. I know. And Jackie Chan's I know. pretty fucking great too. Jackie Chan's kind of a shithead in real life, but he's, you know, he's fucking Jackie Chan. So. I've heard that, but he makes great movies, and yeah. I can write. I can write off a lot of shitheadery if you give me good art, Mel Gibson. Uh, so Daniel's bike is magically fixed. Mr. Miyagi does do that, and I don't know why Daniel automatically assumes there's no there's no like thought process. He just walks into Miyagi's place and goes like, "Thanks, man." And Miyagi's like, "Yeah, no problem." And Mr. Miyagi plot twist: Miyagi didn't even fix the fucking bike. He's just like, "Ooh, 
luring this small child into my <laughs> into my bonsai house. Seriously, like in what it was such a different time. I I will say the early eighties were a very <laughs> different time because in the modern world, if if you find your teenage son in an old man's garage playing with his little tree, your first thought does not go, "Oh, how sweet." Your first thought is, "What are you trying to do with my son, you old pervert?" Yeah, pretty much. You know what the worst part is? The worst part is is there's probably like no more perverts than there ever were. We have the internet now, so we know about all of them. Yeah, like like we're <laughs> we're so hyper aware of them. And I mean, I think it's good that the perverts are all you know like on notice that they can't get away with shit, or at least you know they get away with less shit than they <laughs> used to. But at the same time, it's like oh, our poor fucking kids. I know, right? Well, whatever. It's it's fine. My, my kids are all socially messed up, all of them. So are we though? So I don't know. My youngest son literally doesn't have friends and doesn't want them i I, try to convince i'm like look dude you need to build yourself a social structure you know like you're gonna need that in life he's like i don't really want to hang out with people i'm like well i don't want you living in my fucking house for the rest of your life jesus you know what aside from the people at work like you're the only person i talk to so yeah pretty much you're it man i don't and i think about like oh dude maybe i should go out and like try to meet people maybe try to try to have a guy's night with some with some dudes or whatever and then i'm like fuck that that sounds so exhausting this one conversation that we have every week takes it all out of me and also when you're here in person i'm very awkward about it i don't know why like we've known each other long enough i shouldn't be that's true at this point we've been friends longer than probably most of our friends but (laughs) but at the same time you're absolutely right like i come over to your house i forget how my arms work i'm like where do i put these oh so you uh, feel the same way too so i say yeah i always say a bunch of stupid shit that i don't even know what the hell i'm talking about (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Like I talked, I talked shit on Enrique the last time you were here, Enrique Iglesias, and I'm like, I don't even hate that guy. Why do I care? <laughs> Life is weird these <laughs> days, man. Social anxiety is a shitty, shitty thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine dating acting like this. Neither can I. Like, seriously, every time every time I start, I have one dating app on my phone still that I just haven't deleted because I don't. Basically, I I can't be bothered to reset the password. (laughs) I've forgotten the password and I can't be bothered to go through the process of resetting the password. Which is just typing your email. (laughs) And then getting the email and clicking on the thing and setting the new password and then remembering the new password so I can flip over and re-enter it in the app so I can delete the app all of that by the time i've started thinking about that i'm already exhausted so i just so i just open the app and i start swiping through faces and every time i come on someone who i find every time I come on someone, that sounds fucking gross every time i stumble upon someone so i sound like less of a pervert who i think oh you know they seem really interesting or they're really cute or i like what their bio says or hey that's a cool whatever they have in their photo anytime i stumble upon someone like that i start thinking about it i start thinking about all the conver- all the text conversations you have to have before it's even as socially acceptable to ask them out on a date and then i start thinking about the idea of going on a date <laughs> <laughs> and then I just close the app and I go back to Reddit or something. Or you can watch The Karate Kid. Or you can watch The Karate Kid. There you go. Speaking <laughs> so, of which, we watched The Karate Kid we this did. week, believe it or not. So I don't know how much time passes here, but come Halloween time, Daniel and Mr. Miyagi are like 
kind of friends, but the only issue with that is that Daniel still doesn't pronounce his name right. Like Miyagi just snaps one day and is like, Miyagi! <laughs> well, that's because they were already in the midst of a very intense conversation, which we'll get to in like two seconds here, because Daniel's like, I'm not going to the fucking dance. He's like, maybe if I could go as the Invisible Man, so he goes as a shower instead. Great costume, by the way. Yeah, it is actually. I should. And I should you know that. that Halloween 1984 or 85, uh, I don't know whether this came out before or after Halloween, but you know that whatever the subsequent <laughs> Halloween was, a lot of showers popped up at school dances. Daniel apologizes to Allie. By the way, we missed like a three second montage of him just avoiding her because he's kind of a pussy. They have they, they have a nice little conversation in the shower because you know that, that's what you do. Her and him and Allie in the shower costume. Well, for the children, so they yeah, don't think they're a bunch of perverts. And he's like, you know, it's fine. What goes around comes around, which will come around here again. And a chicken smashes an egg on his head, which is annoying, and I don't like that. That whoa, whoa, whoa! You missed the you missed the part where she's like, boy, I wish I could be there when it comes around. And he said, what did he, what did he say? Like, oh no, it was later on. He says, don't you know wishes made in the shower come true? Yeah, yeah. If you make a wish in the shower, it always comes true. <laughs> uh, so Daniel goes into the bathroom to wash the fucking egg out of his hair again. That's super annoying. I hate that that thing that that. Yeah, happened. I just immediately think that guy's a huge dick. Yeah, it's not funny. I don't like it. No. It's not funny. It's like, but you know, that was the eighties is funny was when it wasn't happening to you. Yeah, that's true. Funny was everybody in that restaurant laughing at him for getting spaghetti spilled all over him, even though these are ostensibly high class people. I don't re- actually remember if everybody was like that in the eighties, but everybody was like that in eighties movies. So yeah, John Hughes go. was kind of full of shit wasn't he because I don't, I don't think people were actually like that in school i mean they probably were a little bit but yeah i don't know my only experience with 80s high school is from movies like i i was not in high school until the 90s and by then things were you know i mean they, there was definitely still a dickhead element but most people were all right you know most most people were just there trying to get through and offering you drugs they were giving you drugs weren't they nobody fucking offered me drugs ever <laughs> I feel like i got so so robbed not fucking once, right? Not one Never goddamn once. time. Maybe you had that one friend who's like, hey, man, you want to smoke some weed? And then you're like, no. And then they're like, all right. They're like, cool, <laughs> more from me. I, nobody ever fucking said, hey, man, let's go do some crack. <laughs> I was so sure crack was going to be a bigger part of my high school experience. Yeah, and you know, I never got invited to parties, so nobody asked me to drink either. Crack ended up, you know what, you know what part crack ended up playing in my life? Family members getting addicted to it. Adult family members older than me. Middle-aged adult family members. Yeah, yeah, I know, I I know. I have that one too. Why do you think I don't drink? Because I'm afraid that I'll become a meth head. I just love that you're still like I. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that you're wrong because I don't know you. You know your predilections better than I do. But just that there's still sort of that chain of events in your mind. You know, like because that's how it sounds. It's like, yep, you take a drink and then next thing you know, you're sucking dick from meth. Oh, I'd be there in a week, dude. I totally respect <laughs> your self discipline. I totally respect anybody's self discipline. You know, anybody who has the power to face this life sober hey kudos to you but at the same time there is definitely a part of me that just wants to get you so fucked up i'm a little curious but i'm not curious enough like i wanted to like like you know like in a safe way where like it's it's just us you know like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fuck with you i'm not gonna i'm not gonna trick you into doing shit that you wouldn't ordinarily do but i just want to get you hammered just blackout drunk oh god that sounds awful (laughs) 
<laughs> wouldn't take much though. You know, the, the funny thing is, is I, I have such a low alcohol input in my life. Like alcohol has such a tertiary place in my interests, you know, like not even tertiary. It's like, you know, back in the, the back 50, but, uh, that, 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 I mean, I've only been blackout drunk like two times in my life ever. And I loved it both times. I was like, <laughs> Oh, fuck? this is, this is everything I want drinking to be. I get all the fun of getting drunk. And then when it gets really bad, it just goes away and you, you wake don't up. No, that sounds fucking <laughs> horrifying. I, I hate that. You just wake up. Nope. Nope. I'm good. I'm good without ever having to do that. I'll tell you what, though. You know what blackout drunk taught me about myself? It taught me that I'm actually a pretty good guy. Like I may think that I'm a piece of shit a lot of the time, but my girlfriend at the time, she was like, oh my God, you got so fucking annoying because you wouldn't <laughs> stop saying how much you loved me and how lucky you were to have me. I was like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, you ungrateful bitch. So at least you're not an angry drunk. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, like, I'm like a super nice drunk. I, 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 The drunker I get, the more loving I get. The So it's annoying in the opposite direction. Yeah, exactly. Like still <laughs> irritating as shit, I'm sure. Like, cause, cause she was a love sponge. Like she loved all that stuff. And for if, if she got sick of it, oh God, I must've been horrible. Just horrible. Johnny's in, a, in the bathroom stall rolling a fucking joint. You know what? That is a testament to how much this whole thing with Daniel and Allie has gotten under his skin because remember oh yeah ex-degenerate ex-degenerate get the fuck over it she's just a girl I agree but you know how it is man those high school romances they seem like they're gonna be the be all end all of course they never are but they seem like it I know I get it I uh, I completely understand I fall for it in movies too like god damn it I watched this movie oh, yeah. called chemical hearts dude and I'm like oh fuck I'm there for it the, I've never heard of that those teen romances drive me fucking nuts and I yeah. love them I love I love a good one. Chemical yeah. Hearts is a good one. It's an Amazon original movie that just came out. I'm trying to think what was the last what was the last good teen romance movie I saw. I, I it was something my daughter made me watch and I was like, god damn, that was a pretty good movie, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, I think it was Edge of 17. I love Edge of 17. Yeah, that was really good. That was a really good movie. That Haley, whatever her name, chick, she's a... Haley Steinfeld? Hell, I yeah. love her too. She's adorable. She's a hell of an actress. And I love Woody Harrelson. Daniel decides he's going to make it come around, so to speak. So he fucking turns a hose on Johnny in the fucking stall. Ruins his joint, by the way, which probably pisses him off more than anything because that shit's mm-hmm. expensive. It's illegal, so it's got to be even more expensive back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the in the 80s in California, boy, that was prime cracking down on the drugs time. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So Cobra Kai, they chase Daniel out of the fucking place and Allie's like, what's going on? He's like, it's coming around, which I think is kind of a funny line, actually. And this is where jo- this is where Johnny is going too far. Yes. But before that, I really want to know how come it's never brought up ever that daniel caused a car crash (laughs) yeah that's true never (laughs) once in any of the fucking movies is it ever brought up or in cobra kai or in cobra i don't think i don't think they ever talk they don't they talk about this night a lot which is a very important scene where you know a more attempted murder by the way there's a lot of this going on in this movie i noticed The Cobra Kai's chase him just to the just to like the fence of his apartment complex and they kick his ass until, you know, one of them's holding. I think it's Dutch Dutch. Of course, he's like he's holding them up and he's like, do it, man. Kick him. Kick him. And Johnny's like, I'm going to do it. But then Johnny almost kicks him. But Mr. Miyagi comes and saves Daniel's ass right at the last minute. Yep. Which is like a, a, it's a like good, an avenging angel. So beautiful. Very slow mo karate because Pat Morita didn't actually know how to do it. I believe that. But watching I, it this yeah. time, I was like, oh, yeah, he. Uh, 
uh, he was not a karate master, was he? No, I buy it a little <laughs> bit though, because you know, again, we're suspending our disbelief here. Yes, there's a lot of disbelief that needs to be suspended in this scene. <laughs> but now we get to probably one of the better scenes, acting wise, in the entire movie. Miyagi has saved Daniel. Daniel's in in Miyagi's uh, office area again his uh, he has a bed there he has a house not at the hotel not at the apartment and this is all in one take did you notice that it's just one oh. take from beginning to end I mean, it's it's such a good scene right it's so well acted but yeah no it's one take and they're delivering all this dialogue and all this story stuff and this is finally where Mr. Miyagi corrects Daniel Daniel's like Mr. Miyagi and Mr. Miyagi's like Miyagi understand god damn it you piece of shit kid we've been hanging out for months <laughs> and you still don't know my name it's literally been at least two months at this point yeah and then we get the we get that that important thing where he's like you know there's no such thing as bad students just bad teachers and then we find out just how bad johnny's teacher is yeah uh but first we get we get mr miyagi being a goofy bastard because he's really funny actually and daniel asks hey what kind of belt do you have because he because you know he, he knows karate and he's gonna <laughs> and then he's like uh jc penny 395 ha 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 and he's like no like for, he's like no in okinawa have belt means no need rope hold up pants and then he laughs and it's really funny <laughs> mr miyagi agrees to go help daniel out a little bit because he's obviously involved now he's gonna go help daniel by talking to the cobra kai sensei to get these guys to chill out so they go there this is act right here is where the movie like actually starts it takes a minute but... <laughs> pretty much yeah so now that we've finally approached the story all the stuff that you see in the trailer happens after this part so they go to the cobra kai dojo and of now we're we're back to strike first strike hard no mercy an enemy deserves no mercy blah all that stuff crease eventually confronts mr miyagi and god martin cove is the best in the fucking world it's beautiful he's like you don't come into my dojo and drop a challenge and leave old man they're about to leave after mr miyagi says you know leave the boy alone until the tournament but then he's about to leave and he says wait one more one more thing leave leave this little shithead alone and he's like you're a pushy little bastard ain't you and then he's like i like that i like that and i really love that like oh yeah upward his, i like that is just mm. <laughs> Perfect. He does it again in Cobra Kai, but it does it's not as good. <laughs> well, you know, it's like trying to recapture old glory, but then that's kind of his character too, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Oh man. <laughs> All right, so now now shit shit's starting to get real. They got to go to Mr. Miyagi's house to do some training. So guess what? Oh, time to wash some cars. Yes. First we get the I guess so speech, which is also another <laughs> another pretty poignant but also kind of funny thing. He's like, "Are you are you ready?" and Daniel's like, "Yeah, I guess so." And then he's like, "Okay, hang on. Get 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 the fuck down." here little shithead <laughs> this speech lost me entirely as a child i remember watching this speech and going what the fuck is he talking about because that's how you know five-year-old me thought in, in in terms like that what the fuck is he talking about but no seriously like watching it as a kid i remember distinctly watching that scene and not under realizing he was making a point and having no fucking clue what it was and that daniel's just like i understand i'm like i don't <laughs> Because he, well, I, th I, th <laughs> I think watching it today was the first time I actually understood what he was saying. He goes, "All right, you're 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 walking walking down the street. Walk left side, safe. Walk right side, safe. Walk middle. Eventually, he makes the squishy sound. <laughs> Karate same way. Karate do yes. Karate do no. Karate do guess so. 
All right. Now now it's time for now it's time for washing the cars. Wax on, wax off. Do I need to say anything else? Because that's the scene right there. I mean, you know, it's several scenes of that. Yeah. It's... Several several variants of that. And you know, I this was a great movie for that scene in particular had to be a godsend for parents in the eighties who could finally just be like, <laughs> What? You don't want to do your chores? Remember the karate kid? Remember yeah. what Mr. Miyagi taught Daniel? All right, now do your chores, you little shit. Shut up. And and maybe I'll teach you karate, but I doubt it. <laughs> maybe you'll develop the skills necessary. I will say that um, it's it's a really it is a really good lesson for kids. And I think maybe if I had watched the Karate Kid one more instead of the Karate Kid two, maybe I wouldn't be such a lazy piece of shit. But the lesson that you know repetitively doing irritating and unfun work can prepare you for the badass awesome shit you want to do with your life. It is true, especially if that shit is muscle memory for karate, and that's pretty yeah. much what it is you know but 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 like the it applies to other things as well like if you if you want to you know if you want to be a writer or something doing those homework essays and stuff that'll prepare you for writing you know these awesome stories that you want to tell you know if you want to uh i don't know it has to apply to other things too i just can't think of anything (laughs) on the spot well let's talk about the date because oh, is this the, the fun world, the, the Wonderland Golf and date? stuff. Golf and stuff, that's it. And yeah. we meet Allie's parents, and they're kind of shitty and annoying. They're rich people, what can you say? Yeah, and the car won't start, so that's super embarrassing, so we have to do that pop it thing again. And Allie is such a fucking sweetheart, she doesn't give a shit. She's just like, I like Daniel, so I'm here for it. Again, so out of his league. Way too nice for him, too, shit. My big question is, how the fuck is he so bad at mini golf? Like, he's holding that golf club like he's never held anything before in his life <laughs> he probably hasn't he probably really is from wherever it was Hackensack or whatever the fuck New Jersey they're from just... they're from Newark New Jersey do they Newark. not have golf okay, there sorry sorry I don't know maybe maybe he just grew up going to baseball games and shit no soccer games okay sorry soccer yeah my bad <laughs> more training Daniel uh it's the sand floor scene where Daniel makes does he's like are these bongos Hari Krishna I'm like okay the less a white guy does that the better I think that was a really funny joke in the 1980s i mean i'll, I'll sure say that. it was when hari krishnas were like a big thing like they were in every airport and then mr miyagi's like yeah yeah funny here it's funny you should ask what these are here sand the floor big circle but wouldn't it be easier no circle the fact that he got up through painting his house without daniel just being like fuck this shit <laughs> i know is right a testament to what a good kid daniel is <laughs> now the next day though well after after daniel gets done with with sanding the floor mr miyagi comes out after obviously having eaten and eaten well he's got the, the toothpick and, and he's like oh splinter all gone come back tomorrow at six bye yeah so you can tell this was a friday daniel came over after school yes. and he worked until the freaking it's dark out i don't know you know i mean granted it is like october but or maybe even november but you know like still he's working till it's dark out and uh and then he's like yeah come over come over at six and you can just see the you can just see the hope but it's Daniel's saturday i go eyes. get to watch cartoon but he gets he gets there to me Miyagi's house and he it's the chopstick scene where you know Mr. Miyagi's sitting there doing the chopstick thing and he's like man who catch fly with chopsticks accomplish anything and he's like hey can I try and he's like yeah but he says if wish because it's Mr. Miyagi and he just has a way of talking so Daniel grabs the grabs the chopsticks he's trying a couple times and then he fucking grabs the fly and he gets super excited Mr. Miyagi throws the chopsticks in the thing and he's like beginner's luck (laughs) (laughs) little moment of pettiness from Miyagi (laughs) 
there's a couple of those it's fun and then he's like, then daniel's like well i hey i guess that means i can accomplish anything and then mr miyagi's like well first you accomplish paint the fence <laughs> <laughs> just call him mr wet blanket <laughs> No, if I didn't know that there was some light at the end of the tunnel, yeah, you're right. Like, and then the next day, it's like he has to paint his house, and he's getting all pissed off. Yeah, he shows up. Miyagi's not even there. Just a note: paint the house side half side, not hand. up down. Yeah, half left hand, half right hand. And then we go to the beach, the beach training sequence. Now it's basically Daniel getting his ass pummeled by these waves because Mr. Miyagi's like, make kick, learn good balance. And then Mr. Miyagi's off in the distance doing that awesome crane kick, which also is a bunch of bullshit. You mean like the practical application of, or, oh, the guy just invented the crane kick is what you're saying. Yeah, he invented the crane kick, but you you think about it, it's like, okay, well, what what were you doing on the stump over there? He's like, it's called crane technique. And he's like, oh, does does it work? He's like, if do right, no can defense what that doesn't even make sense it's just a <laughs> it's just a fucking jump front kick especially since chosen in uh in part two like has no problem with it no he must have done it right he must have daniel must not have done it right then i guess not dumbass of course he's white he can't fucking do anything right chosen just saw right through his shoddy style if do right no can defense i really i just i like his voice <laughs> so there's a bunch of dumb a couple dumb rednecks that put their beer bottles on mr miyagi's truck one of them is played by durant from fucking dark man oh is that i knew he <laughs> yeah. looked familiar god damn and you could tell these things were like bolted down or like glued down or something <laughs> so he he chops <laughs> yeah. the bottles and they're like oh shit sorry we're gonna we'll, we'll get rid of them and then miss daniel's like How, how'd you do that and mr Miyagi's like i don't know it was my first time because he's, he's awesome <laughs> mr miyagi is just delightful <laughs> basically just a training montage from here on out for the most part I, well i mean there's there's dialogue but yeah he has to be- learn to balance on the bow of the boat they have the conversation about you know but you like you karate's fighting you like fighting you train to fight and he's like is that what you think he's like no then why learn then why learn karate he's like so i won't have to fight which i don't get i'm like wait (laughs) i don't i I never understood what that means like i understand the discipline and not using it first right you know using it as defense but like what does that mean so you don't have to fight does that mean like the the other person's fighting and you're just blocking them until they get tired and pass out or what i think what daniel's talking about and what mr miyagi is driving at although i don't honestly think daniel is smart enough to have picked this up yet in the real world but okay suspension of disbelief i think what he's driving at is that karate teaches you to live your life in such a way because you know like mr miyagi gets to on daniel's birthday balance it's a it applies not just to karate but to your whole life you know and so it's like teaching daniel to live his life in a certain way when i was younger i read an article in an issue of the reader's digest the person was talking about how they had trained in karate for years and uh, they had they had spent years and years training and and pushing themselves to get better and better and and he's like and i had prepared for just this exact moment there was this guy on the bus and he was being belligerent and i could tell that he was escalating his behavior to us to the point where someone was going to have to intervene or someone was going to get hurt he says and you know like i prepared myself as i see this situation getting worse i i kind of you know centered myself and said all right what am i going to do when this guy goes over the edge he says and then this little and he and in my mind anyway my youthful mind anyway he basically described mr miyagi you know like a small asian man sitting on the bus near the guy starts talking to him and sort of disarms the guy conversationally and gets the guy talking and gets the guy laughing at some stuff and then he continues chatting with him for the rest of the bus ride and then the guy gets off the bus and nothing happens and he says you know i think i just witnessed the work of a real karate master mouth karate well just you know the idea of 
<laughs> approaching a situation in a, with a confidence that you don't have to fight like this like this little this little guy he wasn't he wasn't afraid of the guy that was part of, you know that like that was a key part of the whole thing is that the guy wasn't afraid of this guy and the guy in the story of if i recall correctly was you know big and imposing and threatening and getting to the point where he looked like he was going to get violent and this little old asian man you know was like you know a little old n- <laughs> nationalist asian man <laughs> <laughs> just you know disarmed him with with conversation and and wit and so i think that is what mr miyagi is driving at in terms of uh learning it so you don't have to fight you know like learning that way of balancing your life more than anything so that fighting is something you can be cool-headed enough and uh confident enough to avoid all right that sounds fair insert dick joke to lighten the mood well how about this how about we talk about two scenes kind of right in a row of each other here one one is very good. One I have some issues with because it makes Daniel look fucking crazy. Okay. So the country club. So Ali and Daniel made a date to meet outside of the country club at 930. Allie's in there dancing. She's like, holy shit, dad, what time is it? And he's like, oh, it's 945 or whatever. And she's like, oh, I gotta go. Like, not that fucking poor piece of shit from Mercedes you're going out with again. <laughs> and she's 10 minutes late. Okay. So Daniel decides, I'm gonna sneak in and see what the fuck's going on. She's 10 minutes late. He's been sitting there for 10 fucking minutes. That's not that long. Why did he need to sneak in there? Well, it's a long time when you're a young guy. It makes him look dumb <laughs> it definitely makes him look dumb <laughs> but then he goes like in who, there and, well, who the fuck just sneaks into a country club's kitchen apparently that kid does apparently so because he's a fucking psycho grew up without a daddy to beat the shit out of him and treat him right or teach him right <laughs> not treat him right Te- treat him wrong if he's fucking beating him up but he sees ali dancing with johnny of course and then johnny Naturally. sees him johnny sees him because he's a fucking prick and he lays one on ali real hard real real gross fucking kiss Ugh. and then ali slaps him but not before daniel fucking tries to run away and gets spaghetti spilled all over him ali punches him does she punch him? Because I thought she punched him, and then uh, I saw it look kind of like a slap, but now she hit. Well, she, I got the impression yeah. it was a punch. Because that, that chick says, oh, it was a right hook. That scene just annoyed me this time around. I never really thought about it before. <laughs> Daniel's going to go try to find his balance by talking to Mr. Miyagi, but Mr. Miyagi is drunk, and he's yeah, in his he... military outfit, and we dive a little deeper into his character here in this scene, and it's it's another really, really good scene. Very sad I w- scene. I will say this. Pat Morita is amazing in his performance. He's, he's fantastic fantastic he's very you know like human and relatable and he just he immediately draws your empathy and he's he's charming but he's also vulnerable it, yeah it, it, it's a great performance from pat marie it's not perfect but it's so good but the dialogue is very ham-fistedly written for this scene <laughs> yeah maybe like a little. he's kind of they kind of bludgeon you with it but he's also super drunk so i don't know he is doing. like i that's the only reason i can write and also you know that and his and his performance you can get past it but if you just examine this the way it must have looked on the page like jesus man give that scene a rewrite but we learn that mr miyagi's wife and son died due to complications of childbirth back in the 40s i imagine uh, 1944 yes 1944 at a it was a it was an internment camp yeah but he used like a, a, a word like transfer camp or something it wasn't an internment camp 
Yeah, it it didn't say that, but no. that's what it was. But yeah, and so they died because no doctor would come because you know they're Japanese in the forties in a yep. camp. Yep, because we were we were so much better. Dark chapter in our history, and uh, kind of, I I gotta say, kind of surprising to see them addressing something so racially sensitive in the middle of the nineteen eighties of all yeah. times. That is yeah, that's some intense stuff to throw on the screen there. And now after that, you know, it's never really brought up again, which is kind of interesting to me also daniel finally learns how to punch if that's a thing if that's you know (laughs) we go from that to daniel be like all right punch mr miyagi yeah and then daniel mr miyagi wearing that catcher's outfit pisses mr miyagi off and he's like i think you dance around too much and oh and he asks him he's like daniel like taps him with and he's like what are you some kind of girl or something (laughs) (laughs) and then mr miyagi lays him out that was great that was good and that comes back later which is kind of fun i wrote it down so i'll throw it at you when it happens okay but now it's daniel's birthday and mr miyagi has given him this patch that mrs miyagi made before she died and he put it on put it on a karate gi for daniel to wear at the tournament and of course he gets to choose the car and this is the conversation about balance and balance is for whole life not just karate all that god he picks the loudest fucking car and i I put like of course (laughs) of course he wants to peacock and he picks the yellow car You know, I got to say, Southern California, as much as my instincts would have leaned toward the black car, the black car was not a convertible and it was fucking black and you know it doesn't have AC. There were some practical reasons to pick that car, but you're absolutely right. He totally wanted to peacock. Also, something that bugs me about that scene is that he, Daniel's like, oh, I have to leave because my mom had a plan for for me and I wasn't supposed to know about it. It's a surprise and stuff. So Mr. Miyagi gives him the car, tells him about balance, and then at some point a picture of him and Allie had fallen out of his wallet mr miyagi was obviously referring to that so he ditches his mom to go to golf and stuff and get his girlfriend back which is fine but it's just like again never acknowledged (laughs) that's a good point but i do have to say when he goes back to golf and stuff i fucking love that song dude which song young hearts i think it's by the commuters i don't remember it oh god that that is a that that's a fucking that is an 80s montage love song if i've ever heard one and it's great the music in this movie was very up and down for me some of it is great and some of it is like ugh. oh if you go listen to best around and or you're the best or whatever and if you listen to it without it being accompanied by the by the tournament it's a boring song it's so <laughs> fucking boring you know that actually reminds me this week my son my oldest was telling me that he loved the rad soundtrack which he is was also- like if nothing else rad gave me (laughs) rad gave me this which is one of the best songs i've heard in a long time and it's the the credit the opening credit song fuck yeah break the ice dude that song's awesome he's like and i was like you know because because my son's always talking about his workout music i'm like i'll bet you probably love this for a workout song don't you he's like oh hell yeah i've been using it all week oh fuck yeah thunder in your heart too that's the other one i could give oh no no excuse me it was thunder was it i could give two shits about any of the other songs in that movie but the the opening credits and the closing credits that's that fucking thunder in your heart song. Ooh, just, mm. Yeah, it was it was thunder in your heart. I'm sorry. I, I was wrong. I was mistaken. Although I will say my particular favorite song on that soundtrack is uh, Send Me an Angel. I knew you were going to say that, you hipster yeah, weirdo. Yep, of course. <laughs> yeah. I kind of broadcast it, don't I? Yeah, a little. I think that scene is fucking hilariously bad in, in that. <laughs> the, the dance on the bikes. Oh, it's fucking beautiful, dude. It's so bad. Lori Laughlin so stunt double. <laughs> I know. Like, wow. At no point do you see her on the bike like she, it's always she gains always like 50 pounds of solid muscle <laughs> just <laughs> 
I fucking love that movie, though. Good so times. Daniel does end up winning Allie back to that awesome commuter song. I think it's I think it's by the commuters. I don't fuck. It's called Young Hearts. Listen to it. It's awesome. They kiss and good fucking Lord. Do you know? Did you see Daniel like try to eat her fucking face? <laughs> That was one of the no. worst on-screen kisses I've ever seen in my life. No, I didn't. I must have been like, I don't know. I think I was maybe opening a popsicle or something. I had a lot of popsicles with this movie. Go back and just kind of rewatch that scene for the song and that little bit. Because, yikes. And then there's oh. some weird comment about like, he shows her his car and he's like hey you can drive she's like oh you're gonna let me drive he's like hey it's the 80s what <laughs> does that mean is because yeah like, like I know guys, what it means, didn't let, guys didn't let but... girls drive their cars because they're you know i mean everybody there was that popular belief and i recognize it's wrong if only from a statistical <laughs> standpoint it's proven wrong that women are just crappy drivers which is kind of funny because you know asians are supposed to be stereotypically bad drivers and mr miyagi he doesn't have a driver's license because earlier on in the movie he lets daniel drive the car and daniel's like i don't have a license and miyagi's like i don't either <laughs> daniel's response is great he's like oh i guess it's okay then yeah ah i love it because that's that's <laughs> like his dad so it's tournament day what you all fucking came for oh that's right we do eventually get a tournament yeah don't we? There, there's karate in this fucking dumb movie <laughs> i don't realize how dumb some of these movies are that i love so much until we fucking sit down and talk about them because then you got to think about me watching it well and then i'm like cynical ass yeah and i'm watching and i'm like i've, I've I've never sat down to watch the karate kid in like any objective sort of way yeah you're always just watching it for fun yeah it's just like your childlike enjoyment of it and it's a good movie so it's it's fine but like <laughs> no movie is perfect <laughs> as much as i love rocky i could get rid of that entire fucking scene of him and adrian in his goddamn apartment okay rocky's got one scene this movie's super got, creeps me out this movie's no fucking rocky i'll say that no it's rocky for kids definitely not yeah. as good but with all the handicaps that that entails you know going back to that belt conversation they have to steal a black belt for daniel because you know the tournament's only for brown belt and above and mr miyagi is so fucking smooth with <laughs> lifting that black belt he's just he's just like oh yeah well i immediately know exactly how we're gonna get a black belt and then he distracts guy he's just like this here it says miyagi not miyagi it just reaches in the dude's <laughs> bag and hands it off to ali and ali immediately just goes with it she's just like yep we're doing this speaking of this is the first time they have ever been on screen together so i imagine it's the first day they actually met and the first thing the first thing they do is like oh i'm gonna steal this and here hold it because he like she tries to walk away and he like grabs her arm <laughs> <laughs> it's a little it's a little creepy i'm not gonna lie but so we get into the locker room and this is where this is where the cobra kai is harassed daniel and it's of course it's fucking dutch being all goddamn crazy he scares me and that's probably why he's in jail you don't actually know why he's in jail i don't think but it has to be like some violent crime of some kind it's definitely a violent crime 100 and you know which crew he's which set he's hanging with in the clink me with my my urban slang <laughs> maybe just maybe just a little speaking of the yeah. opposite of that i guess it's not the opposite it doesn't really have anything to do with it at all but daniel's daniel's you know mr miyagi who the fuck are we talking about mr miyagi hands daniel i have a fucking no idea <laughs> and <laughs> daniel gets the black belt and mr miyagi's like or he's like hey where do we get this and he's like buddha provide <laughs> i just i love 
everything he says is funny. Then there's I, that translator joke where, you know, Ali can't be on the floor. Only teachers and students seems like, oh, he, he only speaks Japanese and I can, can't understand my instru- his instructions without her. <laughs> and then Miyagi drops some drops some words and she's like, you remind him of his uncle. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank you. Welcome. He's funny, but no bullshit. Also, he's never been, he's never fought in a tournament before. So Daniel's like, what the fuck, man? I thought you said you fought. He's like, I fight for life, not for points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a great line it tells you a lot more about miyagi than and so naturally and ali ali obviously knows about all this stuff because she was dating johnny for a year or two and you know she spent some time at some tournaments right ali fills him in on yes. what's going on so daniel doesn't do too well at first because of course he doesn't daniel gets like pushed out of bounds twice because he's like running from the guy essentially because he doesn't he gets get intimidated punched. out of bounds yeah and then miyagi says make good fight I, I just I, I like it when it when he gets all inspirational and stuff and then what is that line from the office I don't know where, where I, they're like why use much word when simple do job or something like that like Kevin I think starts just like simplifying his speech it's like that's that's what Miyagi's doing he's like make good fight that's all the words you need when someone as charismatic as Mr. Miyagi delivers yeah. it, it works remember balance make good fight and then <laughs> Daniel finally scores his first point and you're the best starts playing which here's a fun fact uh, was originally supposed to be in Rocky 3 but I guess Stallone didn't like it oh seriously yeah. <laughs> I love that it comes right after someone in the audience shouts you're the best Daniel you're the best it's Allie <laughs> Allie says that immediately st- oh is it Allie yeah oh okay well that's not as special and it's, i thought it was i thought it was better because it was just some rando in the crowd yelling it <laughs> <laughs> funny it's a it's a good tournament scene like the karate in this the martial arts used is more realistic than you'd see in like a van damme movie or whatever it's yeah it's real simple yeah it's, it's like it's like junior karate so yeah it, it's it's interesting it's just it's what it what the tournaments kind of really look like with younger people i think that are kind of yeah. i made the observation that none of these motherfuckers are 18 like this is an under 18 tournament speaking of fucking more of that oh age yeah nonsense. that's right especially that that asian guy who johnny fights he is not he's got to be in his 20s at least <laughs> also he's way too good to be in high school i for, i keep forgetting that it's the under 18 all valley yeah. championships which opens up all kinds of crazy questions about about karate kid 3 how is mike barnes that fucking crazy and <laughs> And how is Daniel not 18 yet? Well, like you said, it all takes place within a year. So if he was like, you know, just barely 17. Well, I guess he did turn 17 in the first Karate Kid. Yeah. So like he could still, you know, depending, you know, maybe they shift the schedule around. Maybe it's not always the same week of the year, you know. I guess. Or maybe they just okayed it because he still looked like he was 13. (laughs) Yeah, that might be it too. Who knows? (laughs) I mean, hey, he basically lied his way into the first one anyway. Well, that, yeah, that's true. He's not a, not a black belt or anything so daniel does pretty well obviously because he's the fucking hero of the movie and that's pretty much the only reason because let's be honest we're watching these guys fight and he should have been taken out multiple times oh yeah but (laughs) mr miyagi does say it's not about the quantity it's the quality yeah and in which case daniel loses like because let's face it he's he's been training for two months he's got but he's got something to prove man he's the underdog 
He's the main character of the story. You mean that's that's what oh really oh is. yeah that that's, that's <laughs> totally true. So I don't know why Crease is so fucking afraid of this kid. He's just kind of annoyed with him at this point for making it this far. And Crease is an egomaniac and that's beating all is. of his Cobra Kai pals. So Bobby is in the finals or the semifinals, I guess. And he's he's going up against Daniel. And then Crease goes, "Hey man, I want him out of commission." And Bobby's like, "I can beat this guy. Fuck him." And he's like, "Out of commission." He's like, "But I'll be disqualified." He's like, "Just do it." So of course he goes out there and just deliberately tries to break Daniel's leg. Ouch. And that looks like it fucking hurts. Just <laughs> Yes. Uh, I, I gotta say, everybody sold that one pretty well. Yeah, that was eek. Yeah. Uh, and then... Yeah, I was cringing. And then Mr. Miyagi does the magic hands after that big, long conversation about, I'll never find balance, not with these guys, not with Allie, not with me. I get it. He doesn't want to... He doesn't want to bitch up. But he totally is. But no, he goes back out there with a hurt yeah. leg and everything. Yes, he does. He does. And kudos to him for that. Respect. The final fight. Daniel LaRusso's going to fight? Daniel LaRusso's going to fight. Isn't that what it's all about, folks? That's what the guy says. Yeah, and in the 80s, it kind of was because yeah. the sport really did come before the child's health. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah fuck fuck the kids. I want entertainment. So it's Johnny versus Daniel, the big final showdown. It's good stuff, right? So you know how Mr. Miyagi did that thing when Daniel was like dancing around punching him and he tripped him and hit him in the back of the head mm-hmm. daniel does that exact same thing to johnny and i just noticed it last yes, night he does i did not make the correlation but i did i do remember the move because it's a good move i've been watching this movie for what 25 fucking years and i just noticed that he did that daniel kind of because the the cobra kais they're in it for the wrong reasons they're they're not it's not real true pure karate right so daniel keeps scoring points on this kid right after the miyagi move where he slams his face into the mat you know Johnny's kind of bleeding and he has to go and see his sensei and then he goes you know that's the this is the big famous line sweep the leg mm-hmm. Johnny is William Zabka is so good in that scene like the whole rest of the movie he's kind of playing an 80s meathead that scene god damn he just delivered it's like he's human or something I mean like the whole if I were going off of just the rest of the movie I would be genuinely shocked by his performance in Cobra Kai which by the way I should emphasize I was going off of when I started watching <laughs> Cobra Kai, which is why I was shocked. Having watched that scene now, I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, he really, you know, he was an actor even back then, you know, he wasn't just, you know, a a pretty face to be the dickhole of the show, you know? Yeah, and he is so good in Cobra Kai, it's crazy. He is, he's he's absolutely fantastic. Honestly, everybody is, although it's really weird, because I follow him on Instagram now, and it's really weird seeing photos of him and Ralph Macchio and Martin Cove just Just throwing down together. <laughs> you know like all loving each you know just just being buddies it's like oh that's fucking weird man. i wonder if martin cove is nice in real life because he seems like a prick yeah you see he definitely seems like he could he could be a just a huge dick but maybe he is but in like a nice maybe, way yeah who knows who knows or, you know like he's maybe like. he's a maybe he's a dick to some people you know like a dick to a lot of people but really cool with some people you know who knows <laughs> that would definitely be a his generation thing oh yeah for sure that, that's funny i've seen him give interviews and he's creepy he he sounds like he sounds like crease like that is just how he talks he doesn't he doesn't say like psychotic things like you know an enemy deserves no mercy and shit but like you can see that's on the tip of his tongue if he really wanted to say it it seemed pretty fucking natural i love him but he scares me oh oh boy so i, I just saw him in rambo 2 a few weeks oh yeah ago. yep 
there's a scene i i can't remember exactly what was going on but something something's going on and i just i just piped in i was like mercy is for the week because it was like he was so just about to go there you know like you could just see him almost going there and he's playing it differently you know like he, he's not playing crease obviously but he will but be john crease for ever yeah pretty much especially now <laughs> that they fucking brought him back yeah seriously it's solidified when he came back in karate kid 3 and this is just like you know cementing it you know like it it, it, it was like it was a pretty done deal and then cobra kai happened it's like well that's it you john crease for life you really need to go back and watch karate kid 3 that movie's odd <laughs> i do remember him coming back like i remember his phone call with his with his buddy who's training daniel and stuff and that guy's fucking nuts and he's probably the best part of the movie <laughs> well, i'll make my way th- i'll make my way to it eventually i'm definitely yeah. gonna have to get like a full set now yeah they have of it- karate kid one through three and then cobra kai seasons you know one two and three because i i gotta say having canceled my subscriptions i'm it's added a lot of personal value to my tv watching time so you know like even though i'm spending more money on movies and stuff than i would if i just watch netflix i actually value it so sweep the leg johnny grabs his fucking leg because daniel daniel tries to kick him right oh he also gets a face yep. shot in there by the way which it deliver you know direct contact to the face with like just a closed fist is illegal he doesn't he gets a warning but a kick to the face is not illegal i guess not i don't know daniel does try to kick him but then johnny grabs his leg and drops an elbow right on it Ooh, that also looks like it hurts fuck then you have that other character the not bobby guy whose name i can never remember who is who sadly passed away and his character in cobra kai also also passed away on screen oh he died in real life yeah yeah i didn't know that that's kind of a bummer but he's the guy who says get him a body bag well that's cool that they gave him sort of an epitaph yeah that's nice they the guy i mean obviously they must have he must have known he was dying yeah yeah. when they did that yeah and so like they kind of gave him a send-off to to both his character and him like that's cool yeah that's that's, cool that they did that but yeah like like he will always be remembered as get him a body bag get him the body bag yep that's yeah which is another 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 iconic line from Karate Kid. There's a lot. There are. There are a lot of some more iconic than others, but yeah. still. <laughs> uh, to to have delivered the get him a body bag line. <laughs> it's so great god they're also psychotic it's insane and i love it (laughs) so daniel sets himself up for the crane kick again i think it only works because everybody's like what the fuck is this so it's just just distracting yeah it it was a novelty thing and and also because it kind of rope-a-dopes you like you think he's going up with he's gonna he's gonna throw that leg at you but then he throws the other one at you (laughs) instead so yeah and then johnny sold that kick so fucking well that that's like oh yeah his head snap just wow he must have had a headache by the end of that shoot oh i know i wonder how many times they had to do that Jeez, ouch yeah i i heard that avildsen had like just cameras kind of during that like the big tournament part sure just kind of cameras floating all over the place yeah that, i mean that makes sense if you can afford to get the cameras you yeah, know like if it's yeah. not like a tiny independent production and you could afford three or four however many cameras you have floating around there i'd, I'd want some coverage because <laughs> if you got it right what are the odds you're going to get it that right more than once yeah no shit right we also get the other line hey uh johnny grabs the trophy from the guy and he hands it to daniel and he's like you're all you're all right larusa which is actually kind of hard to say 
<laughs> that is such an 80s such an 80s ending it really is but it's great we love it i mean it's great no it's great i i love it it's it's sort of the template for all that you know the uh for there's room on team rad and we can live we can both live <laughs> that, that was from robot jocks right yes <laughs> So, hey, everybody, that's the fucking Karate Kid. And it ends with an icon shot of Mr. Miyagi, because let's be honest. The movie's really about him. He's the star of this movie. Daniel LaRusso is the blank we all get to impose ourselves upon. But Mr. Miyagi's he's the character you remember. We love Miyagi, man. But we also love the Karate Kid. And I'm super fucking psyched for Cobra Kai season three. This will come out after it drops because they decided, hey, we're going to give it to you a week early. So we're uh, we're going to we're going to say 10 tentatively that it uh we love cobra kai season three and and have thoroughly enjoyed watching it hey the the reviews are out already and everybody it's got 100 percent on rotten tomatoes but i i you know i'm hesitant to believe any reviews that come out before the movie before the movie or show comes out just because it's so easy for people to go in and just write you know like this movie's gonna be awesome reviews you know and i've seen so many of those that i'm just like fuck you you dipshit you don't know that well i hope i I hope they actually watched it before they wrote the review yeah i mean it's like it's like i understand fandom and i understand wanting to go on a message board and say shit like that but you don't go and write that in an amazon review so that it can affect you know the future sales of the movie or something oh no like it's, it's a, official reviews are out not oh so no, like no so like critics and shit you yeah. mean that's what you're talking about yep. oh okay all right i was thinking like i was thinking like fan reviews but the, it does have a rotten a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes already but that's beside the point but yeah no yeah, there's there's I, official reviews already out and everybody seems to really like it getting reviewed better than fucking wonder woman so that's something it's not hard to believe that it will be really great because season one and season two were just fantastic so all they have to do at this point is maintain the quality level yeah the only the only complaint that i saw in any of the reviews was was like it's a little soap opery i'm like yeah well but season one and two were too so if you weren't on board for that why are you still sticking around season three hey at least it's not 23 fucking episodes of the same goddamn thing I will harp on that for fucking ever until I die, which might be soon because I'm (sighs) out of shape and I really like McDonald's and pizza. You've probably got another six or seven years at least. That's what I keep saying. I'm like, ah, 40. 40 is probably the day. The the (laughs) 40 is probably it. Hey, uh, I made it to 41. I'm 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 coming right up on 42. By the time this review is out, I might be 42. So, uh, do we need any final thoughts besides? Yeah, like, I, I fucking I love this movie, and everybody should watch it. This is one of those movies that just makes you feel good. That's what I was gonna say. It's like, what's the point of doing a final thought yeah. at this point? I mean, it, the Karate Kid's reputation is solidly established, and and we're not we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna buck the mainstream on this one. It's the fucking Karate Kid. Come on, as much of a hipster as I can be, like I have a soul. Come on. Yeah, right. Watch the two good ones, then watch the crappy ones, and then go and watch the overly long pretty good one <laughs> you know they're all they're all worth a they're all worth a chance at least even the next yep. karate kid because it's got michael ironside is the bad guy which is awesome oh seriously i forgot about that god i've spent so many years trying to block that one out it's a terrible fucking movie and oh. you know i will say this too i was not a michael ironside fan in the 90s because i didn't i was i took myself too seriously yeah and now yeah. i fucking love the dude like i just love him yeah i can't, can watch can't go wrong michael ironside can't go wrong with some michael ironside you can't go wrong also well you probably could go wrong by uh following us on social media because we don't really do much because we suck. yeah that that could be a terrible decision don't do it yeah don't go and follow us on everything at the shark pod hashtag reverse psychology hash brown <laughs> 
put a hash brown on it and send it to the internet. I know that's not the line, but that's what you told me. That is that is the line. He's like, put, put no, a, no, he doesn't say it exactly. Not that like way. that, but it, it's essentially like, put a hash brown on it and send it to the internet. He does say that part and put some ACDC on it. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good show. Patreon.com slash across Hollywood. If you're on the fence about it, you know, check out next our next episode that's coming out, and uh, maybe you won't be on the fence about it anymore. Or maybe, well, you know, either way, you're probably not going to be on the fence about it. You're going to either suddenly get on board or suddenly get way the fuck off board. Time will tell on that. Yeah, we're, we're not that cool, so I think we'll be back with our Patreon-exclusive preview thing. <laughs> Until next time, stay jawsome.